Now, the word with Father Tony Percy. So welcome to week six in year B. This will be the last ordinary Sunday we have for quite some time. It'll be early June when we return to ordinary time because Lent is on its way next week. And of course, we're in year B, so we will have the temptations of Christ, according to Mark, which are very brief, but again, uh, very pertinent and very dramatic in Mark's usual style. What we have today is a healing right at the end of chapter one of St. Mark's Gospel. If you remember from last week, we have the healing of Peter's mother-in-law and the language that Mark used was like a symbol of the resurrection. He raises her up after he heals her. That's what Jesus does, Mark says. And that same verb, which was used to uh, describe what happened to Peter's mother-in-law is used of Christ himself when he's raised by the Father. So we made that connection between the healing power of Christ as a sort of foreshadowing of the resurrection. Well, now here in this particular healing, as we finish chapter one of Mark's gospel, we, we really are sort of brought into the mystery of Christ's blood. So we're really, Mark is really, I think, trying to help us to see the tremendous connection between all of Christ's words and actions and the paschal mystery, that is Christ's suffering and death and resurrection and ascension. So the healing of the leper, to my mind, there are three very important levels to this particular miracle. Of course, the first level is the leprosy in and of itself. Leprosy today is called Hansen's disease, but everyone seems to know it as leprosy. One of the most uh, debilitating and deathful uh, diseases, maladies you'd ever want to have. If you can see descriptions of it, you can read about descriptions of leprosy, but looking up the images on, say, the internet would uh, be quite shocking for a lot of people just to see the extent to which leprosy makes great inroads into a person's uh, bodily existence. It, it simply wreaks havoc, really, upon those that contract uh, leprosy. Secondly, the uh, on this first level, the, the second point to note is that it leads to a deep sense of isolation, that the only way to contain the disease was to isolate people. It's sort of an amazing reality that we, I suppose we experienced this in COVID ourselves, that isolation seemed to be the best way to contain things. Well, that's still very, very true of many things, and including leprosy. And then, of course, there is the uh, social dislocation, which uh, comes as part of that isolation. People feel terribly cut off from community. And then in ancient Israel, of course, that meant you couldn't have any participation whatsoever in temple worship. So no community faith, that was all excluded because you're a leper. So there's level one, very uh, potent, diabolical meaning really for those that contract leprosy. On a, on a second level, uh, Mark, right at the end of the miracle, says this. He says, Jesus could no longer go openly into any town. This is because the leper was told not to tell the story, but he did. He couldn't uh, keep his mouth shut. He was so joyful about it. So Mark says Jesus could no longer go openly into any town, but had to stay outside in places where nobody lived. So what actually takes place is, yes, the man, the leper is healed, but Jesus himself suddenly becomes a leper, in inverted commas. He himself now begins to experience what the leper himself had experienced, that is the isolating power of leprosy. This is in and through his own actions of healing leprosy. And again, you can begin to get a sense of the foretaste of the exclusion of Christ and the rejection of Christ. So the third level comes when the leper is told by Jesus to show himself to a priest and to offer the prescribed sacrifice for the cleansing, which is given to us in Leviticus 14. Our first reading this week is Leviticus 13. 
But if we would read on a little bit further in Leviticus 14, you would read this. Take two clean birds. This is the the offering prescribed for a healing of leprosy. Take two clean birds, one sacrificed and the other to be dipped in the blood of the sacrificed bird, allowing it to fly away free. Very interesting indeed. Our good friend uh, Mary Healy, in that marvellous commentary which I'm recommending to you, simply called the Gospel of Mark. This is what Mary Healy, a very fine biblical scholar, says. If the cleansed leper had in fact complied with Jesus' word, that is to go and offer the sacrifice, which he didn't, he went around the, the countryside and blurred to everyone what Jesus had done for him, so you can hardly find fault with him in a sense. So she says, if the cleansed leper had complied with Jesus' word, he might have discovered a symbolic image foreshadowing Jesus' own sacrifice. That is, the bird, two birds are taken, one is sacrificed, and then the blood of that sacrificed bird is then poured all over the other bird who flies away with blood on his wings as a symbol of freedom set free by the blood of the other. And so, yes, he may well have intuited, my goodness, I've been set free by the blood of Christ. So... There's those three levels, with the last level being incredibly meaningful for us who celebrate Mass. The body and blood of Christ is celebrated for us, making the one great sacrifice present for us in our celebrations. And it's a good reminder we just stop then and think that all healing, all of the healing that we will have in spirit, soul and body, all of it comes from the blood of Christ.